Amen. All right, so we're talking on faith, and uh, we'll probably be talking on faith forever. <laughs> because listen, it's what pleases the Lord, right? It's what moves the hand of God as well. So, I, and as I'm thinking about this, there's so many ways to go. There's so many things to do. God, which way do I go? And believe it or not, because a lot of you who already know my brain, and, and kind of, it's, it's weird, and so when I, was, when I was praying, when I was thinking about this, God, faith, what, what can I tell these people that they don't already know? But it's okay if you already know something because we just need to hear it and hear it and hear it. But me, I like doing it in a different way. That's just, that's just me. So as I was praying, pizza came to my brain. And I wasn't hungry, I promise. I wasn't hungry, but pizza came in my mind. And I'm like, pizza? What, what, what am I supposed to do with pizza and faith? So I, I started writing. And so how many of you guys tonight love pizza? No, all right, all right. I mean, really love pizza. I have people say they could eat it every single day. Okay, I can't eat it every single day. I don't like it left over, but yet people eat the cold pizza the next day. I'm not one of those guys. Are you one of those people that do that? Really? Wow, that's crazy. Well, as I was doing a little research on pizza, we've got to research on pizza. There's over 500 different types of pizza in the world. Over 500 different types of pizza. Now, in America alone, there are over, arguably, 33 different types of pizza in America. I thought they'd be a lot more than that. So I decided to dissect it a little further, and I found the most popular types of pizza in America, and how many of you guys have not had dinner yet and you're hungry? Raise your hands. Awesome. I did this just for you, Alexis, apparently. I have the first famous piece of pizza is the New York Slice, and I made sure I put it up there. It's the most famous pizza in America. The next most famous pizza is the uh, Chicago Deep Dish pizza. Oh my gosh, that looks so tasty and fattening, doesn't it? It's just amazing. The next one we have is the buffalo chicken pizza. So I like the buffalo chicken pizza. I think that, that looks pretty good. Amen. I hear an amen out there. And then we have the California pizza. So that has all kinds of, looks like veggies and things on it. That looks pretty tempting and, and uh, delicious. Then we have the Neapolitan pizza, which is kind of crazy looking, you know, and that is like one of the most popular pizzas in America. And the last one I found was the Stromboli pizza. The Stromboli. Who said ooh? <laughs> I mean, does that look appetizing? A Stromboli pizza? I don't, I don't know. But those are kind of the most popular pizzas here in America. And now, even though those are all amazing pizzas, they look fantastic, but it all didn't start there. All those amazing, huge pizzas that have all kinds of crazy stuff on them, the different ideas, the different designs, it all started out with a plain cheese pizza. Just a plain cheese, poor little thing pizza. You know? Now, even though that is a plain cheese pizza, if you ate that, would that not fill you up? Absolutely, it would fill you up. Even, even though it's a plain cheese pizza and it doesn't really 
look like a lot, would it have some nutrients in it that would hopefully keep you alive for another day? <laughs> okay, yes, yes. Even though it really isn't much to look at, would it still give us energy? Yes, it would. And yet it's plain, it's simple, there's really not much to it. And yet that is exactly what faith is like. It's like that pizza. It starts out very small and very simple. And actually the Bible says too in Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to each of us a measure, a measure of faith. Another translation says that we have been assigned a measure of faith or we have been distributed a measure of faith. Now I know that comparing faith to pizza might be a little cheesy. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that that's kind of what faith is like. All right, it's simple. It's just a measure. And so here, though, is where pizza and faith part ways. Because any of us and everybody in America can order a pizza. Doesn't take anybody special to get on the phone and order a pizza. But not everybody has faith. Not everybody has faith. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Wow. I thought maybe everybody did. Uh-uh. No, not true. Salvation is required for the measure of faith to be present in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you don't need more pizza to make it great, okay? People say, I just need more faith. No, no. You don't need more pizza to make it great. You take the pizza that you have and you make that pizza great. You build it however you want to build it. Make it as big as you want to make it. And that will make it great. You don't need any more faith to do anything. You take the measure that's been given to you and you use it. That's how faith grows as well. Amen? So what I did too is, what, since it was pizza, I did my exhaustive research. I did my exhaustive research on faith as well. And I'm sure that, that I, there's more in here probably. So I didn't take a lot of time, but I did take a lot of time finding these. I didn't take man's word. I didn't, you know, I didn't look, you know, because we've heard all kinds. There's baby faith and there's all, uh, well, I don't see baby faith in the Bible. So obviously I didn't find that in the Bible. So, but I use what the Bible has. And so I have a list up here on stage of the exhaustive uh, faith things that I found. And so the list is up here. I think you guys, did you put the list up there for the faith that I have? I don't know if you did. Apparently you didn't or it would already been up there. All right. So you didn't put that up there. Okay, because I didn't put it in red. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. It's not in red. So let me just say some of these. Now, they all have scripture verses behind them, all right? And we're probably going to get through some of these in the next few weeks. Obviously, we're not going to get through these tonight. And a lot of these you're going to hear, and maybe some of these you've never heard before. But there's no faith. 
There's little faith. There's weak faith. There's strong faith. There's great faith. Dead faith. Grounded faith. Genuine faith. There's shipwrecked faith. Sound faith. Now faith. Saving faith. Indwelling faith. There's doctrinal faith. Daily faith. The gift of faith. There's precious faith. The shield of faith. There's justifying faith. There's distracted faith. There's demonic faith. And there's transferable faith. Now, I might have missed some. It could possibly be. But guys, that's a lot of faith. Isn't it? I mean, I'm thinking, well, there's just faith. Well, no. There's a lot of different levels to faith. And hopefully we'll be learning all these. And my point is this, that every believer gets the measure of faith and you get to develop it and strengthen it and your faith gets to build over time. And you can have all those different levels of faith that God talks about in the Bible. It's just like muscles. We all have been given muscles. And most of us, when we first get our muscles, we might look like this poor schmuck up here on the screen. But as we develop and use those muscles and do what we need to do to strengthen those muscles, you have the potential to make your muscles look great, like this guy right there. All right, now I was going to bring Greg Weingartner up there so he could rip his shirt off and show everybody what great muscles look like, but you know, he's single, and I didn't want all the single women to jump on him and stuff like that. It's just, that would be bad. We don't need lust in the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> but developing your muscles, you could look like this. And that's what your faith could look like as you develop your faith. Amen? In a spirit kind of way. All right? Hallelujah. Now, I can't lift the weights for you and it develop your muscle. All right? I can't do that. I can't eat the pizza for you and it fill you up. Now, it might keep some weight off of you if I eat it for you and some calories, but it's not going to help you if I ate it, right? The same way with faith. I can't develop your faith for you. But what I can do as a pastor is do what Chris DeMarco did the last four days he was here. You know, he has a pattern, right? I didn't hardly get to listen to him because I'm watching your kids for three and a half hours every night, and I'm still here tonight. Hallelujah. Uh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he has a pattern. And I did, get to, I did get to sit with him on Sunday morning. I didn't get to sit with him last year at all because, again, I was with your children back there. But I got to see Sunday morning, and I see a pattern that he is using, a specific pattern for 12 hours, if you guys were pretty much here every night, every day and every night, what he simply did for the entire service is quote scripture to you. Quote scripture to your spirit man. Letting you know what the Bible says about you. Letting you know the promises that the Bible said that you could have. What is he doing he is building your faith because faith comes by what? Hearing. And you got to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear for four nights. 
And at that particular time, when your faith was ready, boom, you got something that God had for you. You got healed or set free or blessed or whatever your need was. Your faith was built enough. You come down and man, you got what God had for you that night because you heard, 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 and heard the word. That's what he did. Great pattern. Loved it. I'd have to use this to do that. I don't know all that stuff by heart. But that's awesome. And some of these things are still happening and will happen. Man, maybe the manifestation hasn't quite got there yet. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare let death come out of that mouth of yours just because you ain't seen it. All right? That's right. That's right. And I believe that everybody that was here or everybody that was watching by live stream, I believe that your faith has been increased because of Krista Markle being here and just talking the word so you could hear the word and faith be built. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Listen, 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says that a church's faith was growing exceedingly even in the midst of their trouble. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you're using your faith, it's being developed and it's growing. No matter the needs you have, no matter the problems you're having, just because you have a problem, just because you failed here, this didn't happen, doesn't mean you don't have faith and doesn't mean that faith is not growing inside of you. We're not moved by what we see, right? We're believing the Lord's report no matter what. Amen. Hallelujah. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 5. And Jesus, Jesus basically tells them, hey, listen, you got all the faith you need, guys. Basically, that's what he said. Because in Luke 17, 6, he said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Mark, obviously, eleven twenty three 23, says that this can happen to a mountain. If you have faith and you believe, you can tell that thing to get up jump into the sea, and it will do it for you. That's exactly what the Bible says, isn't it? That's right. Now, most of us know exactly how small a mustard seed is. If not, I put one on the screen for you if you've never seen a mustard seed. The kids go crazy in uh, class when I show them that that is how tiny a mustard seed is. Very small. And, of course, Jesus says that if you have faith as a mustard seed, that you can do all these things. So as I'm thinking about this, I say to myself, okay, well, wait a minute. Mustard seed is that small. Well, how small is the measure of faith that he has put and deposited in each and every one of you as Christians? Is it that size or is it smaller? Well, we don't know. He didn't say that the measure of faith is so many centimeters or millimeters. But he did say that if you have faith the size of that, that's enough faith to really mess up the devil, that's really enough faith to tell your problems to flee. That's enough faith to crush Satan's head. That's enough faith that no matter what you're going through, you might have husband problems, wife problems, car problems, job problems, all you need is that small of faith, and guess what? It will work for you. That's not much faith. So it don't 
take much. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him lie to you. And a guy uh, messaged me, I'm sorry, texted me yesterday. He said, hey, I have a problem. I said, okay, what's the problem? He said, I, I got a new job. He said, I basically moved everything out of my house, and I moved down here, and I get to the place where I'm living, and they said, I don't have a job yet, but yet I did training one time, and yet they're, they're not going to work me. He said, I have $60 to live on for the rest of the month, and it's only April, whatever it is, 5th, 6th, whatever it is. I said, wow, okay. I didn't text him back. I just prayed. I just prayed. And then after the funeral today, on our way home, back from the funeral, that Troy down at the grave site, he texted me back, and he said, guess what? He said, now, in the other text, he said, I can't get a hold of anybody. I can't get a hold of my job supervisors. Nobody's answered me. I don't know what to do. But he, he texted me back on the way back, and he said, you won't believe this. And I love it when, when they say that. Because, yes, I will. Yes, I will believe it. He said, I got, a I got a hold of the job supervisor, and I started today. Today. And he wasn't supposed to start till the end of the month. And he only had 60 bucks to his name. So you can't give up. You can't go by what people say. You got to go what God says. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I hope it's helping you a little bit here tonight. Now, I want to change the course, and uh, I do want to try to get you out a little early tonight because of what's going on. I was going to try to beat Brother DeMarco's record and go four hours tonight, but uh, Jason Catter Henry says, yeah, and you know what? I think we'll be throwing you out, you know, out of the church tonight, <laughs> as I'm saying, and the Lord said. <laughs> but I want to switch gears, and I just want to focus on one of the types of faith that I mentioned before. And basically, I want to talk on the real walking dead people. How many likes The Walking Dead? I don't watch that show. But, it, and it's really funny how I, it, I think they get all this stuff from the Bible. You know, I mean, it's like when I talked on the book of James, Bond, that is, Bond servant of God. And now we're really talking about the real Walking Dead people. And that's people that have dead faith. Dead faith is what I want to focus the rest of this time on with you. If you have your Bibles, also James 2.20, in the King James Version, it says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? It's dead. But now, when I'm looking at, at different things, and again, I think I told you guys last time that I've been on this men's, Christian men's group to find out what's going on. And there was a debate on there, and this scripture verse came up. That scripture verse came up, you know, without faith or with, without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And they said that, well, that book of the Bible, James, should not be in the Bible. And I, just, well, you ought to see the stuff I deal with on there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Let's see what this says. Because Paul says in Romans 3, 28, he writes, he says, um, that we are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. All right? So they say that James and Paul are controversial. There's a controversy and a fight between them. Paul's right. James is wrong. And that book of the Bible shouldn't have been in there. Wow. 
listen, the Bible never, ever contradicts itself. It complements itself. Think about that and remember that. It never contradicts itself. It complements itself. So I, of course, get on there and say, hey, okay, you stupid. I mean, uh, okay, guys, let me, let me educate you for a minute here. I said to these guys um, that Paul is talking about the roots of our salvation, which is faith, and James is talking about the fruit of our salvation, and that is works. I, it's not... That's not coming against each other. That's just that. I said, Paul is dealing with the inward man. And of course, James is talking about what should happen outwardly. I said, there's no division there between those, those guys. Get your facts straight and read your Bible, is what I tell them. And of course, you know, you get the thumbs up and all this stuff. And then, of course, you still get guys that say, you're wrong. Yeah, okay, because I did a study, and this is what this guy says. Who's that guy? I ain't watching now. Why am I reading the Bible? You know? And I, and I talked a little bit about that when we dealt with James. But, but I, didn't, I just wanted to make it clear that there's no controversy there. The Bible's not contradicting itself. It's complimenting itself. And it always will, and it always does. So <laughs> this does remind me, I did write this down that uh, I was at a place, and this guy come up to me, and uh, he's, he's a friend. He's, he's an acquaintance, I guess you should say. Maybe not a, quite a friend, but acquaintance. And he said, Pastor Randy, I need your advice. I said, sure. And uh, he said, I go to a church, and um, he said, the pastor got up on stage, this was that, that week, and he said, and he says that today we are going to talk about salvation. And he said that the Bible said that the Bible talks about there's he said there's 23 scriptures on once saved always saved and there's about 20 scriptures that say that once saved always saved is not true. And I said, "Would you please repeat that again?" So I said, "Your pastor is he he got up there and he said that there's 23 scriptures that talk about salvation is forever, and you can't never lose it, and no matter what you do, that uh, you can go to go to heaven. And I said, but then he also says, on the other hand, but there's other scriptures that say that that's not true. I said, dude, I said, run. Run. I said, because if he's wrong in that, because again, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. I said, what else is he wrong on? I said, run. You and your family, run. And of course, thank God he listened, and he did. And he found another church. I wish it was this one. But it's okay. <laughs> At least he's going to a good one. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but we're talking about dead faith here. Dead faith. Now, there was a man who moved into a town, and he was online looking at churches and different things, and he found a church that he really liked, so he attended there. He, he really liked it. He liked everything that was going on, the music, the people. They were nice. And so he had a meeting with a pastor, and he talked with him. He said, hey, pastor, he said, I just moved from another state. He said, uh, I've been attending your church. I saw it online. I like it. I'm going to start attending here. I'm going to make this my home church. The pastor said, well, thank you. That's, that's fantastic. He said, but I have, but I have to tell you a couple things. Said, well, what's up? He said, I won't be able to be involved anywhere in the church because my schedule is so busy. I'm a very busy businessman. I won't be able to help in any way. I won't be able to volunteer anywhere. He said, but I need the word, so I'm just going to sit back in the back, 
You'll see me there, but as soon as church is gone, I'm out. I won't be able to do anything for you, no projects, anything like that, but I'm just going to be here. I just want to let you know I'll be here. I'm going to become a member. And the pastor thought about that for a minute, and he said, hmm. He said, you know what, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me, but I don't think that our church is the church you're looking for. He said, what do you mean? He said, no, the church you're looking for is about three blocks down on the left. And, of course, I guess he drove there, and that's what he found, a dead church. This is not who we are, you know, and that's not who we are either. Amen? So when I, when I saw that, I, it reminded me of Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read that to you. And, again, it's talking about the dead church. So who's the church? Thank you. So he must be talking about the people in this facility. All right? And the Bible says this, And to the angels of the church of Sardis we write, These things says, Who you has seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. Okay? I know your works. He's talking to the church of Sardis. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. What? He just said you're alive, but yet you are dead. And this is in red. So who's talking? You guys are so smart. It says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Hmm. Which remain. So that means you've lost some stuff. Okay? So there's some things remaining. You better strengthen it. It says, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in, a, in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the churches. Yikes. Wow. So apparently, the outside of the church didn't look like a dead church. It must have looked something like this. Really magnificent, amazing. This is Sardis. The Bible said you had a name for yourselves. You were awesome. You were rocking. You were pumping. Everything was happening. He didn't say that they were in sin. He didn't say that there were any kind of crazy things going on there like he did in some of the other in churches there in Revelation. No, he just said, listen, you're dead. So the outside was beautiful. But the inside was what was dead. So I'm thinking to myself, how many churches in America look like that on the outside? And yet when you walk inside, yeah, there might be some happy people. Yeah, there might be some fantastic greeters. Yeah, the music is bumping. The lights are flashing. The people are hopping. But yet they're dead. They're dead. And remember what we said earlier. What pleases God? Faith pleases God. So apparently, there wasn't any faith in that church. Apparently, they weren't doing anything that God needed them or wanted them to do. They were dead. Man, I never want to be 
a dead church. Ever. Ever. I don't want my name blotted out. And yet, within that dead church, Jesus said there was a few. David Hewitt was doing what he was supposed to be doing. All right? John was doing what he was supposed to be doing. You haven't messed up your white garments yet. But there was a bunch who had not doing and was not doing what they were supposed to be doing in the church. Hmm, that's the real walking dead people. See, guys, faith is expressed through action. Action. This is just what James said. Faith without works is dead. All right? It's action. And dead faith doesn't act. It doesn't do anything. That pizza isn't going to pick itself up off the ground and jump in your mouth. you got to pick it up. you got to do something with it. Amen? So you might be asking, Pastor Randy, do I have dead faith? Well, I don't know. Of course, I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. But let's find out what faith dead, what dead faith really is. And I put some thoughts down here. So dead faith says God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory, yet it doesn't tithe. Yet it doesn't give. Hmm. I lost some of you on that one, didn't I? Tell me what dead, dead faith is. Okay. Dead faith says, I believe that God heals, but never takes a step of faith for that healing. Never takes a step for it. Always heads for the bottle, aspirin bottle. Always goes straight to the hospital. It never, ever does anything. I, if I, get, I never get headaches, ever, hardly, ever, ever. And I'm not knocking on wood, I don't believe that trash. There's no wood up here anyway. It's plastic. If I get a headache, I will wait and I will pray. And after 30 seconds, if it doesn't go away, I get the... No, <laughs> no but I try to exercise my faith. You know? I do that. That's, that is using your faith, guys. That's doing something. Amen? Dead faith says the Bible is the infallible Word of God, but never opens it or never studies it. Dead faith says, I believe in the assembling together of the saints. But they always end up being at home in their PJs. Or on some ball field somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was on a ball field two weeks ago on a Sunday. And I said it because I'm sure some of you saw my Facebook page. Yeah, uh -huh. I got you. I know what you're thinking. You know, listen, I prayed that Quentin, I did. I prayed that he would lose both games Saturday. And he did. My faith worked great, but they still had to play on Sunday. And so I still had to be there on Sunday, even though my faith worked. And I told him that too. I said, I prayed you boys would, would lose because you don't need to be out of church on Sunday. But I guess they still had to play. And they won on Sunday. Of course they did. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> we're still talking about dead faith. In June of 1859, a man named Charles Blondin, and some of you may know this story, shocked the world when he walked across the raging Niagara Falls. 25,000 people gathered to watch him walk 1,100 feet across the suspended line of Niagara Falls that he put up there. 
There was no safety harnesses. There was no nets whatsoever. And when he safely reached the Canadian border, the crowd burst into a mighty roar. I would have too. He then yelled, I'm going to do it again. Do you believe that I can do it again? And the crowd, 25,000, said, yes, you can. And he did it again. And then he asked again, Woo, do you think I could do it one more time? And they said, yes, you can. And this time, he took a wheelbarrow full of rocks across Niagara Falls, 1,100 feet, and made it to the other side. And everybody roared and cheered. And he said, do you think that I can do it with a person inside the wheelbarrow, and everybody roared, yes, yes, yes. And he looked at a man and he said, sir, get in the wheelbarrow. And he said, no. <laughs> no. But yet they saw, they saw with their eyes that he had made it back and forth over and over again. They saw that he had made it with a wheelbarrow with rocks in it. That man saw all of that and yet would not take the step of faith. <laughs> How many of you guys would have said yes? You lie, you fry. <laughs> I would have said no. Are you kidding me? No way. But look, it looks like a woman had faith and she did go through. Of course, the women, woo, great faith do they have. Hallelujah. Or they're just not smart. Who said that? <laughs> But do, <laughs> that's dead faith. So in your circumstance, where you are, my only question to you tonight is this. When are you going to get in the wheelbarrow? When are you going to start trusting God? As Dreamer said, faith is spelled T-R-U-S-T. Trust God with your circumstances, with your finances, with whatever you're holding on to. We've got to get in the wheelbarrow. Amen? Because if not, it's dead faith. Hmm. Faith never turns back or looks back. Faith means this. F-A-I-T-H. Forward action in trusting Him. I love that acronym. Forward action in trusting Him. Faith is doing something. Faith is saying something. When Jesus was there with the mulberry tree, I looked it up, I read it specifically. You know, He never touched that mulberry tree. He never kicked it. He never spat on it. He looked at it and He spoke to it. You will never bear fruit for anybody and feed anybody ever again. Spoke to it. He looked at the mountain. If you say to this mountain, what is your mountain? Start speaking to your mountain. Whatever it is. And remember James also talked about the wavering. Back and forth. Back and forth. Let no man think he will receive anything from God if he wavers. Once you have said in your heart, okay, I'm going for it. 
get in that wheelbarrow. God, I thank you for, and I come against this sickness. I thank you my needs are met. Don't you dare waver and don't you dare back up. Because what you have gone so far, you lose. And you start all over again. Don't back up. No matter what the waves are doing around you, keep your eyes on him. Keep them on him. Trust him and his word. Not the doctor's word, not your neighbor's word, not your boss's word, and definitely not the president's word. But God's word. Amen? That's all that matters and all that counts. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. So you don't just pray, you say. Jesus never prayed over the mulberry tree. He spoke to it, and it died and withered up. Hallelujah. Hmm. Your confession is the result of your belief. That'll preach. If you're writing something down, that's something to write down right there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Faith is giving something. You know, this credit card here, as long as it's in my wallet, it's dead. And it's safe. Right? It's not being used. It's a dead credit card. But the minute I set this little puppy out on the kitchen counter and walk away, some hands are going to get on it. And it's going to come alive. And by faith, as they use it, or should I say she uses it, over and over again, believing that it will not say denied, this faith comes alive. <laughs> this credit card comes alive. <laughs> faith is like the credit card. If you never use it, you'll stay debt-free. That's a bad, that was a bad, bad object lesson right there. You get my point. You got to use it. It does no good sitting in the drawer. And unfortunately today with our kids, they have to use credit cards because they have to have credit. Our poor daughter, we found out that there's a, a, a bank that will give a loan that is um, no, 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 uh, what do you want to call it? Um, yeah, there's, there's no penalties. There's no anything. Um, it's a free loan. It's, uh, you don't have to pay it back for like 10 years. And we're like, what? And it's for homes, used homes, new homes in Allen County, anywhere. And uh, they'll go in for you. No down payments or nothing. And we're like, whoa, Alexis, this might be fantastic. And then they said, oh, yeah, but there's, there's one problem. You have to have two open lines of credit. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. She paid off her car. She paid off two cars already with her own money. Well, when's the last time she paid off? Oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago, a year ago. Nope, sorry. What do you mean, sorry? You know, no. And they're like, no, it has to be lying. So I think what we're going to do is put our cell phone uh, in her name, and then she pays it every month, and so she'll have a line of credit then so she can hopefully buy a house and get out of mine. Oh, hi, I didn't know you were in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you're not going to use it, it's not going to work. You got to use that measure of faith that God has given you. And watch it grow. You know, if you use this a lot, when I started out with this, it was a $500 limit. And so every month I use it. I use it. I use it. And then I make sure that I have the money and I put it back every month. You know, in less than four months, it has grown to $7,000 credit line. So let's think about that with faith. The more you use it, the more it grows. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? This is going back in my pocket. It's going to turn dead again. It's not coming out ever again. 
You remember the story in Mark 9, 29, where the boy had been possessed by a devil from childhood. Well, apparently, the disciples had tried to cast that devil out, and it didn't work. Because when Jesus came on the scene, he asked them, hey, how long has this kid been doing this and all this kind of stuff? And then we saw a crowd coming. Boom, he immediately said, come out. Bam, the devil came out. It was gone. When everybody left and the uh, disciples were with him, they said, why could not we cast this devil out? And Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Well, what is prayer and fasting? That's doing something to build one's faith. So there's certain things that isn't going to happen unless we pray and unless we fast. And if we don't do those things, those situations may not happen. It didn't happen with them. Jesus said, this kind only comes out if you do this and you do this. That's faith in action, doing something, moving forward toward it. We have to do that. Amen? Hallelujah. Lincoln um, came to town this weekend. He had his, uh, his college came up, his um, golf team came up to the Hidden Creek Golf Course here in Lima, which was great. Uh, he didn't get to come home because he had to stay with his team, stay in a hotel and all that kind of stuff. But he called me and he said, hey, I, I want my girlfriend to come and watch me. And, and so I said, okay, that's no problem. And he said, so make sure that, you know, you get her a golf cart and all that kind of stuff. I said, dude, I got this. Let's, you know, just go play golf. I'll, I'll deal with this, right? Well, then he calls me up and he said, oh, man, he said, Grace isn't going to be able to come because she, she's throwing up all over the place. I said, ooh, ew. Okay, oh, well. All right, great. Well, then he calls back, uh, I think, the next morning, and he said, hey, she's doing great now. She's still going to come. And the first thing I thought is, she ain't coming with me. I ain't getting sick. Are you kidding me? I don't need to be thrown up. I have four nights of church with the kids. I got to preach on Wednesday night. Ain't no way. She can drive separately, and she can get her own golf court, is what I told Lincoln. And he's like, well, whatever, man, figure it all out, you know. I said, hi, Grace, how are you doing? <laughs> And so as, as we met at, she met at my house and we went up to the, to the golf course. On the way there, I, I said, okay, well, I got to get her a golf cart and I'll get me a golf cart. And I'll tell you, I said, wait a minute, stop, stop. I said, yo, you of little faith, I'm talking to myself. How dare you? Who says you're going to get sick? Knock it off. And I just told my flesh to shut up and my brain to shut up. And when we got there, I got one golf cart and I sat beside her for 18, well, nine holes. Because she got cold and went home. You know? I mean, and of course, I didn't tell her any of this. You know? But it's like, devil, you're a liar. I got bigger faith than that. You know, just because she's sitting beside me. No way. So we sat beside each other the whole time. And hey, I'm not sick today, and I'm not going to be sick. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you got to tell your flesh to shut up, your brain to shut up, and just use your faith. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, resurrect your dead faith, guys. If it's dead, resurrect it. Okay? Start listening. Take a step. Do something. Say something. Give something. And allow your faith to start growing again. Because dead faith does not please God. Everybody stand up. I challenge you again this week. I know it's been a busy week, and I know that you guys have stepped out in faith. 
then I know God has done some things for you. But if it hasn't manifested yet, while our special speaker was here, stay your confession. Don't waver. Don't give up. God will do what he said he will do. Continue to take a step of faith. Do something you haven't done. Your faith has to grow. You got to do so. You can't just sit because it's dead faith. Dead faith. You know, give something you haven't given before. You know, I remember when pastor first said, I want to give a car. I said, you're crazy. In my mind, I didn't tell him that. You're nuts. Give a car. Jeez, man. My $800 truck, you can give me one. You know? And then he, by faith, gave a car away. I remember when he wanted to give a house away. I said, you're really crazy. You know, he's always taking a step of faith. Always doing more than what he is capable of doing. Because somebody once said a long time ago that if you have the power to do it, it's not faith. <laughs> you know? So just take that step and do something that you can't do. That's using your faith. That's growing your faith. And watch God do some amazing things. And you'll have a testimony. Other people will hear that testimony and their faith will grow as well. Father, I come before you tonight. I thank you for our family of faith. Oh, God, thank you for this whole week. I thank you for the anointing. God, that flowed through here, that is still here, that is still present. I thank you, Father, for healing that is still present, obviously. God, when two or more are here, you're in the midst of us. You're healing. You're setting people free. You're still delivering. God, you're still healing minds. You're still healing emotions. Oh, I thank you for that tonight, God. As we go, Father, I thank you that your children are challenged, Father, to go that extra step, to do something, to move forward. Faith in action, not backing up. Help them, Father. Speak to them, Lord. Give them ideas. Bless them. Bless their homes. Bless their children, Father. I thank you for supernatural wisdom, God, in their lives, in their situations, at their job, with their family, their spouses. Oh, we just thank you, Father, so much. We give you praise so much, Father, for all that you've done, all that you are doing. Thank you that the word, Father, is engrafted in our hearts. Oh, we give you praise tonight for it. God, I thank you, Father, for a great rest of the week. I thank you for healing, Father, in people's minds and in their bodies, God, that might be fighting this little virus. God, we curse it in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave their bodies, God, right now, God, and health, Father, to come instantly to them wherever they're at, Father. Hallelujah. Online or here or at home, in Jesus' name, we send the word. And we thank you for healing. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night. God bless you. We love you. See you Sunday morning.